Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we check in on the weekly press conferences from both the Raiders and the Chiefs ahead of this Sunday's game at Arrowhead Stadium. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 13 victory over the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not the first person to make this observation, but we all know that Andy Reid scripts the first, like, 15 to 20 plays on offense, right? Uh, That's just been a common thing that he's done throughout his career, Uh, have that little opening game script that they, you know, have all these plays that they specifically practice and play during the week. Um and put a lot of emphasis on emphasis on uh, going into the game. And those plays were superb against the Broncos last week. I mean, the opening drive was, what, a 12-play, 74-yard drive, had good run-pass balance. There were only a few mistakes, but, like, nothing insurmountable, uh, you know, in terms of penalties or turnovers. Uh, and, and, you know, Mahomes, he looked calm and collected, cool, uh, very comfortable with what they were doing and then the next drive it was doing kind of the same thing it was going smoothly but it stalled out a little bit in the red zone they had i believe a penalty or uh drop pass something something messed them up and set them back there um or maybe it was was that the screen pass i don't know what it was but uh from there the offensive play calling it just didn't seem as effective for whatever reason I think drops and penalties certainly compounded some of the issues, but I'm not sure that that was like the main cause for their struggles. And I don't think extending the game script is an option. You know, you're not going to script the the whole game. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. You don't have enough time during the week to to practice and and put that type of emphasis in. I do know that Reed tends to have a sort of secondary game script to work off of out of the half, which is one of the reasons why he likes to defer. Uh, and, and get the offense back on the field to start the half because then he has that uh, game script that he can kind of adjust and work on you know when they go into the locker room and, and make those necessary adjustments at the half and then come out and boom but um, I, I'm not really sure what the answer is I guess I'm sort of rambling on here about this but um, you know Andy Reedy said it was a matter of just being more consistent and becoming more consistent on offense and then eliminating those drive stopping penalties. But I think there's probably something deeper here. I'm not quite sure what. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the conspiracy theories. I know that people are like, oh, maybe Eric the Enemy's calling the plays after the opening game script. I, I don't think that's it. Uh, but but there is something there uh, that these plays that aren't necessarily the focus of the week are the ones where the, the Chiefs are kind of struggling, where the chemistry looks off. Um, and, and where you know things don't necessarily get going the way they hope uh, that it would. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust uh, moving forward on offense because I think there is some room 
uh, for for improvement, and there's some room to make adjustments with how they're doing things during the week uh, leading up to the games, and, and how that can kind of carry over into um, you know different games. I think this week will be very interesting. You know, uh, heading into Raiders week, obviously the offense had one of their best performances of the season against the Raiders back in Week Ten, so that's something that I'm going to be uh, looking towards in uh in this week this upcoming week what surprises you more is it the improvement of the defense or the lackluster offense during the winning streak i think it's defense without question um we we knew that there was going to be some sort of hiccups with the offense this year uh just i mean with the offensive line changes the failure to find like a, a true number three receiver in free agency in the draft um and I think everyone felt like number 15, Patrick Mahomes, could overcome them. But I think we're seeing all of that that's kind of compounded these issues catch up to the offense a little bit. Um, and, you know, it, it it can get better. I think it can get better. Um, I mean, we saw early on in the season that the offense can score 30 points a game. But uh, we'll, we'll just see if they can get back to that. On the other hand... Uh, the, the turnaround on the defensive side of the ball is really unprecedented. You don't see defenses going from, you know, allowing nearly 30 points a game to allowing 11 points per game in, in such a short period of time. I mean, maybe you see that like a year to year thing, but seeing that in season, uh, it, it's a complete 180. And it's really impressive because not that much has changed for this defense, right? Like there's the, the Melvin Ingram trade. Um, which shouldn't be understated. That was a big, that was a big move. But really, they've got the same personnel they had in Week One for the most part. Um, Willie Gay Jr. getting back a few weeks in was a big deal. Getting Juan Thornhill more involved on the back end that was big too. But I mean, it, you've got the same guys in there uh, uh, beyond those three. And I mean, healthy Chris Jones and Frank Clark, yes. Um, moving Chris Jones. I, I mean, I think that's probably the big part of the Melvin Ingram addition is being able to move Chris Jones confidently back to uh, the interior and knowing that you're going to be getting, you know, that, that dominant player that he's always been playing from the defensive tackle position. But, you know, most of these guys, they were already there and they were playing for the most part. And um, they're, they're still playing like winning football teams too. It's not like they're playing a bunch of scrubs every week. You know, they're not playing the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Houston Texans every week. Uh, they, in fact, they haven't played any teams like that this season. The worst team they've probably played is, what, the New York Giants? And, you know, that team still has some good skill players and can surprise you, too. So um, it, they're, they've played, like, two we, two losing teams all season. Two. Um, <laughs> and, and everyone from here on out has a winning record, mind you. So... Uh, credit to the coaching staff, credit to the players uh, for, for buying in and making this turnaround happen. They've really willed this defense from you know being one of the most maligned in the league to one of the best in the league. And that is, if, if they do get back to the Super Bowl this year, that defense is going to be the reason why, in my opinion. How big was the pick six and performance Sunday night from Daniel Sorensen for his playing time moving forward? Yeah, I think it was big for him uh, getting some of that confidence back for the stretch run. You know, I mean, that's obviously very important. I'm not sure that it really impacts his role too much, though. He's certainly not going to be starting in place of Juan Thornhill or anything like that. I think we've that ship has sailed. Um, 
This does, however, I think it'll give Steve Spagnolo the confidence to uh, run his dime package a little bit more frequently, and and the three safety uh, Buffalo nickel package uh, that he really, you know, that, that's one that he's liked this whole time that that he's been in Kansas City, and they hadn't really they, they didn't use it quite as frequently uh, early on in the season with with Dan playing um, and not playing so well. So I think they're going to use those probably with greater frequency, and that could impact his, his snap count in a positive way. Uh, but just, you know, getting uh, some positive snaps, uh, getting some positive snaps out of Dirty Dan is a good thing. I mean, we all knew that, that he was capable of playing better than, than he had, but um, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think that seeing him kind of kind of bring it back to uh you know what he's known for right the the clutch plays um i i think that's going to be helpful for him and helpful for the defense moving forward is it too soon to consider the josh gordon experiment a failure yeah i think it's far too soon i i think the big thing is you know he hasn't had like the the typical free agent off season to get acclimated and build chemistry right uh, he's not getting a ton of reps in practice, so he's kind of having to build that chemistry with Mahomes on the fly. And if you've noticed, the offense has kind of been struggling lately, even with their most reliable players. So it's not shocking to me that, that Mahomes hasn't quite let it rip with Gordon yet. Uh, but really, all it takes is one big catch in a game for uh, the light to turn on here. And uh, remember, Gordon's job isn't only to uh, catch the ball, right? It's... Uh, his sheer presence has helped the offense. I mean, he's a solid blocker. He's done a really good job with that. And then he's done a nice job freeing up some other guys when he's on the field too. There was one play. Uh, he had a really good one creating some space for like Travis Kelsey uh, on a, on a, I think it was like a delayed release um, when Kelsey was kind of lined up in the wing and, and he motions over and then Kelsey runs kind of like a, like a Texas route. And, uh, and Josh Gordon, with his route, he, he runs kind of like a slant and clears out the safeties and, and those that middle area and those defenders. Uh, and then Travis Kelsey comes in and he has the big catch. Uh, and I think that was in the first quarter of Week 13. So, I mean, those are the types of plays that, that he can con- contribute on right now. And I think that, look, I mean, uh, Gordon said that he sees this as a long-term home for him. So, I think they bring him back. I don't think he's going to be super expensive. I think they bring him back next year, and then he's going to have that full off season to to get that chemistry with Mahomes. So, uh, and and that'll be important for him, you know, contributing more in the passing game. But really, I mean, you look at it; it only takes one big catch, one big catch in a game to kind of like for the light light bulb to turn on here. So he makes one big catch, then maybe Mahomes has the confidence to kind of keep going and going and going back after. Will last year's victory lap from the Raiders after winning at Arrowhead Stadium play a role as motivation for the Chiefs this Sunday? Yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I'm sure they've forgotten all about that, honestly. I'm sure I, someone will remind them uh, in the media at some point this week, but I don't think it plays any sort of moting, motivating factor at all. And, and not that this rivalry really needs any extra motivation. Um, I mean, it's one of the most heated rivalries in the NFL, but... Chiefs have dominated it lately, and um, if anything, I bet the team Twitter account might take a jab or two after the game, uh, assuming the Chiefs win, uh, about the whole victory lap thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't expect anything beyond that. I don't think it, it plays any sort of extra motivation. I think all the motivation they need is, is knowing that hey, 
we win this game, we're putting ourselves in a really good chance to win the AFC West. Uh, you know, you, you win the next two games, the, the AFC West is almost in hand. So I, I think that's uh, that right now is the motivation. Who do you believe is the X factor heading into week 14 versus Las Vegas? Yeah, I think the first time around this matchup, I said the offensive line, uh, but I'm going to go a different route this week. I mean, the offensive line, obviously, uh, Raiders have two edge rushers who are superb. But um, I think the Chiefs defensive line is going to be key to defeating the Raiders this week. I mean, Derek Carr has been absolutely abysmal during his career playing at Arrowhead Stadium, but he's been even more abysmal playing at Arrowhead Stadium during the month of December. I mean, he hasn't won a single game in eight seasons uh, playing in December uh, in Kansas City. And, you know, averaging fewer than 200 yards passing per game, uh, I believe. And then he's thrown a ton of picks, uh, been sacked nearly two dozen times. I, I think the defense can continue their trend of dominance and get after Carr a little bit. And if they can do that, they can sink the Raiders' chances in this one pretty quickly. Uh, all you have to do is get him making some mistakes and feeling that pressure. And uh, next thing you know, uh, he's giving you a little holiday gift uh, ahead of Christmas time. So <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking that the, that the pass rush is going to be key this week. Looking at you know Melvin Ingram, looking at um, Chris Jones to have a dominant, dominant performance. Frank Clark as well. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you'd like to highlight from the past week? Uh, yeah, obviously we have uh, you know a ton of, of post-game content up uh, covering the win over the Broncos in, in Week 13. Um, we're going to have a bunch of preview content coming up here pretty quickly um, you know, uh, about Raiders Week and uh, what we can expect moving forward. Uh, obviously, I, I think the one that, that everyone needs to check out every week right now is we have our AFC playoff picture article uh, by former managing editor here, Wesley Roche. And uh, that just kind of gives you an idea of where the Chiefs stand in the AFC West, where they stand in the entire AFC um, in terms of playoff picture, playoff seating. So uh, that one's important. Uh, it really gives you kind of a primer for, for what to expect these next couple of weeks and, and heading into specifically the upcoming week and, and kind of the chances, how they can get the one seed, where, you know, where, where they could struggle uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. So anyhow, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys uh, listening to the podcast so much. And thank you so much for reading the website. We couldn't do what we do without you. You know what we say at this park, go Chiefs! Thank you. When you were nominated, and how did you find out? Uh, well, I think initially I found out a couple of weeks ago um, uh, through our team president, uh, Mark, and we actually he actually caught me in the elevator uh, and he kind of broke the news to me, so um, which is really exciting. Um, I think any time you can, um, you know, get uh, nominated, you know, honored for a particular award that, you know, really symbolizes, you know, what you do for others, um, I think I always think that's a big deal. Um, obviously, you, you know, you don't do those things for recognition. You just do them because. 
you know, it's in your heart to do it, and you feel like that's the right thing to do. So, um, but um, just grateful, you know, to to be able to represent this my teammates, uh, this community. It's funny you say that because obviously a lot of actors talk about how they love to be nominated, but of course it's better to also win it. What would it mean for you if you're able to win it to be alongside five other Chiefs players who have won it? They're all in the NFL Hall of Fame. But to also be associated with Walter Payton, if you want to win. I mean, it'll, it'll be a it'll be a tremendous honor for me. Um, you know, obviously, you you want to make big plays in this league, um, but you want to make an impact. You know, outside the game. You know, um, with the people in the community, the fans, uh, the, the the people that that that, that spend a lot of money. You know, invest their time. Um, so for me to be able to represent. You know, like I said, this team, this organization, and then you know the players before me that that have worn this uniform. Uh, you know, even some players that I played with in the past, you know, the Larry Fitzgeralds and the Calais Campbell. So um, a lot of those guys, you know, I like to say raised me, you know, when I came in this league as a 20-year-old. So I'm sure all those guys would be proud. Tyron, you kind of answered this, but why is it why is it important to you to to do this the way you do it and, and to be the same way in the locker room, that both those things are, are part of what drives you? Yeah, I think, you know, I think for the most part I'm – you know, I'm, I'm self-motivated. I can get myself going. Um, but, you know, when I when I sit down and I really reflect on my life, um, you know, I think I'm here because other people decided to, you know, really invest in me and to help me and to, you know, spend that quality time with me. And so um, you know, I always mention my grandmother. You know, obviously, you know, guys like Patrick Peterson and, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. And, you know, the list can go on and on uh, of all the people that really – you know, tried their best to help me, and you know, for for me, you know, like my coach always said, you know, what are you doing to to pay it back? And so for me, I just try my best to, you know, never really forget, you know, where I came from and the, the road that it really took, you know, to get there. Coach Merritt, yeah, <laughs> DB coach, yes, sir. What what did that click for you? Think, I mean, in your life, was it when you got the NFL before, or when it was time to start giving back? I, I say I probably say, you know, when I. I feel like I've always been a leader, you know, in the sense of wanting to help others. Um, I think, you know, once I obviously got to the professional level and, you know, to, to be in a locker room with a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who, I mean, he he, he done, you know, a lot of great things, you know, uh, in his community, not just in Arizona, but in Minnesota as well. And, you know, Patrick Peterson, Calais Campbell, I just feel like I was really, you know, blessed and fortunate early on, you know, to really get both sides of it, you know, uh, what it takes to – to, to be a great athlete and a great teammate, and and then also what it takes to kind of uh, you know extend on that you know beyond the, the field beyond the locker room. You talked about uh, Larry Fitzgerald a bunch now today. How did you how did he come to be kind of a mentor for you? You guys don't play the same position. Mm-hmm. How, how did that come about? Your relationship with him? Well, uh, me and him used to face off a lot, <laughs> you know, in practice, and you know, uh, back in my younger days when uh, you know I was a cornerback and a uh, you know nickelback and. Uh, so me and him spent a lot of time together, you know, just really, you know, obviously talking about the craft and, you know, really what it takes to to be a great, great player in this league. And, um, you know, from there you just, you know, form a bond with players. And I could just remember him, you know, always inviting me to all of his charity events. And um, so uh, just, just thankful that, you know, uh, you know, I had a lot of good guys in my life to uh, kind of, you know, open that door so that I can, you know, experience, uh, you know, what it's like to be on the other side and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, who I want to be, you know, going forward. Tyron, Andy Reid said that, you know, a lot of people give monetary donations, but you specifically give your time and you're out in the community. What is it that you like 
about doing that and being out in Kansas City, uh, among other places that you've been in the past? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's really no, no, uh, <clears throat> really no secret. Um, you know, I think we all grew up uh, really experiencing different things. I think for me. Um, you know, I, I play football because I love that part of it, um, you know, the team part of it, uh, coming together, you know, building, you know, really helping other people become, you know, what they want to be. And so it's kind of like the same, uh, you know, mindset when it comes to the community. Uh, you want to feel a part of something. Uh, you want those people to feel special. Uh, you want to be able to recognize those people as well. Um, you talked about relationships, you mentioned, but, you know, I know some of us come from different backgrounds than others, and so I heard you mention your grandmother earlier, but I'm pretty sure your giving and your understanding of, of giving back did not start in the NFL. Um, you know, whether the high school, whether some of the, you know, members, teachers, uh, you know, coaches that uh, influenced you or took the virtue to you when you were in high school, because obviously, before the grace of God, you could have gone in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think, obviously, my grandmother, I think about her a lot, and, you know, I think about my high school coach as well, um, you know, Dell Lee, and really, um, you know, all the time that, that he invested in me, um, he's probably one of the first people that, that, you know, really looked at me, and I was probably five six, you know, 130, um, and, and he thought I could play in the NFL. And so, um it's a lot of people like that that have really, you know, gave me a kind of boost of confidence, a uh, boost of self-esteem um, to, to not only be a good football player, but to, you know, try my best to continue working, you know, trying to be the right kind of man. Are you old enough now to feel like you're Larry Fitzgerald for some of these <laughs> I mean, are you trying to do that for them? That yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. You know, I, I, to be honest, I think it's, you know, important. You know, um, uh, you see a lot of guys come into the league and they – can't really figure it out and you know for me I just feel you know really blessed that you know I, I've been around you know a lot of good guys in this league um, that that have done it the right way and so um, you know for me you know being in this position I just you know I just want to pay it back to you know a lot of those guys that, that look up to me. We got to ask you a little bit about the team. And defensively what are you guys feeling right now? You got to be fairly confident. Is that kind of built momentum wise for you as the season's gone on? Yeah, I think we're getting some confidence. Uh, I think we're playing with some, some, some real good energy. Um, uh, but I think we're still, you know, in it. You know, I think we're still, um, you know, head down, just really, you know, all about putting in the work um, and, and then letting the results kind of take care of itself. But, um, you know, we're still kind of in that, um, you know, chasing improvement uh, mindset. Uh, I don't think, you know, really any of us feel like, you know, we've done enough to, to win a championship yet. So, um, you know, it's a lot more work really to be done. Tyron, uh, you know, you had to leave LSU maybe before you wanted to. You had to leave Arizona maybe before you wanted to after signing that extension. You had the one year in Houston. You probably knew that wasn't going to be a long-term thing. Now you come here, you win a championship. Is it fair to say, and I know you still have a contract pending for, for next year, but is it fair to say or accurate to say that you've, you never felt like you've had a football home <laughs> yeah. like you've had with the Chiefs? Is that, is that yeah. accurate? I mean, that, that's, that's accurate. And, I mean, I, I, you know, in this league, you you never really know. Um, all you can really do is kind of do your best, uh, you know, really show people who you are and, you know, uh, you know, people decide to keep you around, and that's really, you know, their decision. But, you know, it, it won't change, you know, what I do or how I do it. What's accurate about that? Why, why would you say this place is more of a football home for you than a time in your career? Well, I think because, you know, we won a championship. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think that that team will be, 
you know, really hard to forget. Um, a lot of those players will be hard to forget, but uh, it just feels like home, you know. Um, I, I, really outside of me, I, I think about my fiance and really everything she's, you know, kind of been able to accomplish, and um, she's kind of really creating, you know, her own identity. And so um, I just feel like this place is offered, you know, not just me a chance to become a champion, but, you know, like I said, my fiance as well. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been pleasant to say the least. I want to ask you a college football question really quick. Um, I don't know when we'll talk to you next, but LSU uh, taking on K-State. Uh, a lot of LSU guys here on the team. Are you guys going to have any bets going with Pringle? Uh, but you know what? I'm, I know it's been a down year for for us uh, LSU Tigers, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to probably probably not bet them. Uh, just just take it easy on them. I I think my Tigers will uh, show up and and hopefully you know they'll dominate you know that game. I thought it was a great hire. You know, obviously, um, you know, anytime you could you know replace a I don't know how you replace championship coaches, but um, anytime you could replace that with um, you know, a guy with a great resume, um, a, a guy who's a great recruiter. Uh, obviously, he's a good football coach. He, you know, he's won a lot of football games. And um, so uh, just most importantly, just looking forward to see what kind of culture, you know, he creates and, um, you know, seeing how close, you know, him and the players could really, you know, mesh uh, and then, you know, like I said, compete for a championship and really probably the toughest, you know, division, you know, in football. He caught a little grief online for <laughs> Not a great Cajun accent. <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, his, his accent in basketball. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I won't. I won't be too uh, hard on him. I know it's his first time. Um, so hopefully, after a couple uh, crawfish balls, uh, you know, uh, a couple cookouts, you know, he'll get the uh, he'll get the slang of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Just be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so, right? <laughs>
earn the right to be day-to-day and let us know how he feels as we get going through the week. As always, if you have any thoughts on the show, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at The Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Catch us next week.